Blog Talk Radio. Facebook and they also do live shows. 
And I've also been listening to them on YouTube, so you can catch them over there. And I noticed that they also still have this certain uh, CD of Native Angels. It's uh, available on Amazon. I'm your host, Sean McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday is created to provide an open-minded platform that focuses on the tenets of Sunday's a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of my Ryrie Study Bible. You know the history of that. I found my Bible actually near the trash can. Somebody threw it away, and I picked it up, and I've been studying it ever since. But you may use any Bible you wish. I have had many spiritual experiences, and I'm glad to you will have ongoing readings and discussion about our spiritual experience. You may call in at 619-924-9744 if you have any of those spiritual experiences that you'd like to talk to us about and tell us. And I'm just focusing on just being myself, and you be your real selves, and we're just relaxing and listening to the message of whatever is in the Bible today. Again, the call in number is 619-924-9744. So let's do the opening prayer now. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray for all the Christians being persecuted worldwide and their freedom to worship and lives are in jeopardy. I see that there are numerous news sources that are crucifying Christians in Syria and Christians. They're removed entirely from also. Priest and your mighty archangel Michael, you fight against evil and protect everyone. All your angels watch over everyone who are actually practicing what they believe in the little hiding places and in their homes. And um, I remember the Church of Russia had actually totally go underground. And uh, I know there's many Christians in China, all over the whole world, and uh, they're being oppressed and killed and wiped out. And uh, let's stand in uh, an honor for them, and God bless them all. And our prayers are also for those to suffer all over the world, including animals that can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. We have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all the countries and for their problems and suffering all over the world. And we'll please, please keep everybody in their prayers that are, are sick today and have uh, special problems or seem to have financial problems and stress and worry and concern and all those different things can happen to you during the lifetime. And, we keep them all in our prayers. And I want to thank you, God. Amen. And then we also ask Jesus, please bless us and help us grow under his care and to increase in wisdom and knowledge and, and how to conduct ourselves as upright people in our lives and be better people. You know, I ask this in Jesus' name because we need to grow and we need to change. And if we have some something that's harming us or behavior that harms us or harms others, you know, let's pray for each other we can overcome whatever these stumbling blocks are. We pray for everyone and their families all worldwide. There's so many catastrophes going on. And please, please, I have a wonderful friend, Dr. John of Revolution Radio. Please keep him in your prayers. He's on life support. So he had, he had some surgery, and then he ended up going to pneumonia, 
and now he's on life support. And he's a young man. He just uh, he has his doctorate, and he just uh, finished his bar exam, and he has so much goals ahead of him. And we ask in Jesus' name, and all your prayers go out for our dear friend and supporter. He's such an awesome guy. And our prayers also go out to Miss Joan Rivers, who's also on life support. These things are happening, and it really shocks us. So we just have to pray for each other. And I want to wish everybody a very, very happy birthday today, uh, including my little cousin in New York, upstate, uh, Christina Moscato. It's her birthday today. And everybody else's birthday. I really wish the birthday people a happy, happy, happy birthday. And I'm very blessed and prosperous here again. Okay, again, so if you have a prayer request this morning, call in, or you want to call in to listen, 619-924-9744. And you can also, there's online uh, Bibles if you don't have one. You can go to www.biblegateway.com and then www.biblia.com. And so last week was Chapter 7, and let's go on to our Bible study. And what happened was is that Stephen uh, was arrested, and his whole trial was well laid out in Chapter 7. And we also heard it from his sermon. And then at the end, remember, uh, they, were, they hated his guts, and uh, the Sanhedrin were infuriated by what he was saying. And um, he was telling them they have ignored every prophet that has come in front of them, killed them, or didn't, and didn't listen. And that Jesus was another one that they uh, they did, and so uh, they they went infuriated, and uh, they actually stoned him. And while he was being stoned, and being in full glory of the Holy Spirit, you remember he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And then he even told them, "Behold, I see the heavens opening up, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand." And then they actually covered their ears screaming and they rushed out over him on impulse and then drug him down and they killed him. And he went on to be with Jesus. And he said his last words, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now we're going on to chapter 8. And uh, remember, this is about Paul now. Now now Paul at this time was still Saul. And uh, Saul uh, was a... what can I say? I guess there's nowhere to put it nicely, but Saul, at this time, consented to this execution of Stephen. And uh, Saul was actually persecuting the church. And his big idea of a good time was actually persecuting Christians. So that's what was going on. So in Chapter 8, it's going to be talking about uh, consenting, consenting, was Saul's attitude, and uh, it can't. And I guess when you translate it, it's not strong enough because in the Greek, is that he was actually happy with it. He took pleasure in uh, attacking Christians, and then um, he's still known by his uh, his uh, his name is Saul of Tarsus, and later we'll know him by Paul. And uh, let's just read. Let's just start reading. Okay. Acts chapter 8, Saul was in hearty agreement with with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except 
the apostles. So the apostles stayed, and then the rest of the Christians that were being persecuted and starting having to run to escape death and persecution. Some some devout men buried Stephen and made a loud lamentation over him. And uh, these men uh, were devout Jews, and uh, they were probably horrified about what happened to Stephen because Stephen was basically innocent and uh, you know this this hatred that was showed against him and as we know Stephen was our first martyr and then three but Saul began ravaging the church entering house after house and dragging off men and women to put them in prison the next part of this is Christianity in Palestine and Syria the Christians are scattered preaching in Samaria Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began to proclaim Christ to them. And so even though they were uh, being scattered, they were preaching as they were going. So scatter Christian, they're going to go talk. So over there, where have you scattered to? The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was being said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. And in, case, and in the case of many who were, had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. So now there was a man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city. So this is Simon the sorcerer we're going to start talking about. So we were formerly practicing magic in the city and was astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. And they all, from the smallest to the greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, this man is called the the great power of God, and they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magical art. But when he had, they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alive. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. So when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that it may might be received the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them, and they had simply been baptized in the name of Lord Jesus. They began to lay hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. And now when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of apostles' hands, he offered them money, hmm. saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that when everyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Therefore repent of this wickedness of yours and pray the Lord that it's possible the intention of your heart will be made be forgiven for you. For I see that you're in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. But Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me yourself, so that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Okay, now he's preaching on the Gaza Road. And, and But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
This, it says in parentheses here, this is a desert room. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in the charge of all her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And then he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, he does not open his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. Who will relate this to his generation? For his wife is removed from the earth. Wow. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me of whom does this prophet say this, of himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture from which he preached Jesus to him. And as they went along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe in all your heart, you're, you may. And then he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then he ordered the chariot to stop. And they both went down to the water, and Philip as well as the unit. And he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. Now listen to this part, because uh, I think Philip, his spirit just left, died. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. Oh, no, he... Okay, now this is going to be interesting. He didn't die. He actually was transported out of there. So but Philip found himself at Avistus, and as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Syria. Okay, the conversion of Paul. Now Saul, still breathing threats. Oh, that's next week. Sorry about that. So we have just read something very mysterious going on in chapter 8. Okay, let's start back from the notes. Ravaging. The word mean ravaging is like a wild beast and describes the intensity of Saul's hatred of Christians. And then Philip was then called, okay, Philip in the city of Samaria was then called Sebast. Some texts read city of Samaria, which would mean some smaller city in Samaria and on the Samaritans. And then magic. Simon was a practitioner of magic, quackery, and various kinds of sorcery. He may also have made Messiah claims. Okay, Simon himself believed. Peter's denunciation indicates that Simon's faith was not into salvation. He said, well, you know, Simon sounds a little bit like a uh, businessman also. Dude, the Samaritans had been baptized in water. The gift of the Holy Spirit was, was delayed until Peter and John came and laid their hands on them. Normally, the Spirit was given, given at the moment of faith. In this instance, however, it was imperative that the Samaritans be identified with the apostles and the Jerusalem church, that there be no rival Samaritan Christian church. Simon thought he could buy the gift of God, and then when Peter urged him to repent, Simon replied, in effect, pray for me that I may escape punishment. 
And he was still thinking in terms of magical powers where the repentance of the heart. And so the bitterness refers to Simon's apostasy and idolatry. And then in the angel is a desert road, possibly road to desert Gaza, the old city that had been destroyed in 92 B.C., and that was inland from the Gaza of the New Testament times. To Ethiopia, not the present day of Sinia, but ancient Nubia, south of Aswan. Apparently, he was not yet a full-fledged proselyte. The story shows how far the goth Candace is a hereditary title of Ethiopian queens. And then, on, we're now up to verse 35. Preach Jesus to him. Before the coming of the Jesus, Jesus understood Isaiah 53 as referring to the Messiah. This interpretation was abandoned as Christians applied the prophecy to Jesus of Nazareth. And Isaiah 53 was then considered by Jews to be referring to either Isaiah himself or to the people of Israel, who would be a light to the nations. Okay. Now, I guess there was some controversy about verse 37. And then some of the, I guess some some Bibles don't have it in there. But let's read again. I don't know why it would be excluded. It says, and Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So that's been omitted in some texts. And so the last one is Azotus, north of Gaza. Apparently Philip settled in Caesarea for there. He was there 20 years later. So, well, that was a very uh, mysterious little ending of that. So, uh, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. So, there might have been, to me, it gives a a hint at many, many more mysterious things happening in the Bible that we probably, you know, they even say over and over, if everything was written in there, the Bible would cover the whole world. So, they didn't write everything in there. And um, that was a very interesting chapter. If you really sit down and read it, you can get, get some different uh, views out of it. So uh, this is, okay, so this uh, is wondering if we could just read a little bit about um, letting go. Um, I have a, 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 a couple little stories here. And, um, well, I love, this is one of my favorite stories out of my book. I'm almost finished with it, so I would like to ask my listeners if you have any stories about angels and or miracles in your life uh, or strange, you know, coincidences that you know that that you feel that God uh, helped you with it. I would like to actually add a chapter from, for my friends in my book, so please let me know what your stories are, and uh, then I'm going to, then I've been, uh, actually I'm going to put it to print, so uh, this one I call Scottish Dreams. The first dream takes place a long time ago in the Middle Ages. I was sitting next to a young St. Augustine monk, and we were in a monastery in the vast darkness lit by hundreds of glowing candles. My book is called Worth and Worship, by the way. Anyway, I could smell the incense and smoke from the candles, and I was looking over the shoulder of a monk. He was undisturbed, surprisingly, by my presence, and turned the, turned the book he had been writing in towards me slightly. It was on a tall wooden pedestal and we were sitting in some kind of tall wooden booth. I looked down at the book and saw ornate designs running down both sides of the borders. The designs were colorful and gold gilt. I could not read the text, but I could see the title at the top. 
with Sid Kells, K-E-L-L-S. On a hunch, I began to research the words Kells. I could not find anything anywhere, and I, and I looked in all my dictionaries and could not find the word. I looked in my desk encyclopedia, no luck. I looked in my book of saints and religious art, and nothing there either. Finally, I found it in Webster's Family Encyclopedia, Volume 2, uh, the 1995 edition, edition is what I found. Kells, a monastery that was founded in the 6th century A.D. by St. Columba, in which the Book of Kells, an 8th century illuminated manuscript of Gospels, reputed to be have been written. Now, I'm actually dreaming of the 8th century. I don't know how this could be possible, but this is what happened. Well, I know God wanted me to be there in that dream, but why, I do not yet know. But then I had another dream that told me a little more about the mystery. I was walking up on a cobblestone pathway leading up to a, a cottage made of smooth, round stones and mortar. I was on the stone threshold. It's the roof supported by a thick wood beam set in the high, waist-high stone walls. I pulled the iron latch and opened the heavy wooden door. It was fairly dark inside and made it cozy by the fire burning in the hearth. And on a sturdy stool in the middle of the room was my grandfather. I recognized him immediately, although he had died seven years before my father met my mother. He was a handsome man and extremely strong. He had a, on a small cap on his head with leather brim. Underneath the cap, white hair. He had on rough gray pants held up by leather suspenders. He had on a white shirt, opened at the neck, and the sleeves rolled up over his strong arms. He was smoking a pipe and smiling. And he said to me, hello, granddaughter, in a soft Scottish brogue. And I said, hello, and then started crying. I told him I missed him and that I was lonely. I told him about my heartaches. He called me into his arms and began to rock me. And then I turned into a little baby and began to, he began to sing to me in Celtic. They were beautiful lullabies. I was comforted and soothed by a strong, clear voice, listening to him as I fell asleep while being rocked in front of the warm hearth fire. I related this second dream to my cousin who was living with her mother in another state. She told my mother about the dream and my aunt tried to pass it off. How could I dream about a man, her father, who had long since died? My cousin persisted and told her he was singing lullabies in Celtic. That stopped her. Her mouth dropped open. Oh, my God. She exclaimed, he did sing, but only lullabies and only in Celtic. My grandfather was born in Nova Scotia. He moved to Massachusetts and worked as an iceman during the Depression. He and my grandmother had eight children to feed, and he kept busy bringing ice to homes that did not have electric refrigeration in those days. Some were unable to pay cash, so they bartered with what they had. His family luckily never went hungry. I believe God wanted me to meet my grandfather and vice versa piece of the puzzle I've been missing in my heart all those years have been filled. I don't have all the answers for what happens to us after we die, but I do know my grandfather loves me from wherever he is. And in the passage I have is his, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. So my believers, I've had a wonderful time with you today, and God bless you in every way. And I want to just keep you in my prayers, and remember, just let me know if you you have anything uh, you want to discuss or pray. I want me to pray about something. Just let me know, and I'll and I'll go on the air and I'll pray for you uh, on my time. I have a candle here every Sunday lit, and I have my Bible out, 
and I have my incense going, so that's the way I spend my early Sunday mornings. So what we're going to do is we're going to read Chapter 9 next week, and we're going to get together again. And let's let's do our um, traditional closing prayer. After a moment of silent meditation, for those who are out there still suffering, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So God bless you. And in closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms so you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. Remember, you're never alone. God loves you, and I love you very much. And may your best dreams come true, and true love live in your heart. Remember to message me if you have any concerns or requests for prayers, or you need to discuss something. You can reach me at Char McCain, P.O. Box 980, Hermosa Beach, California, 90254. And you may also go ahead and uh, Facebook friend me, Charlene Simpson McCain. And I'm also the host of the Paranormal and the Sacred, which airs every Friday night uh, right here on Blog Talk Radio. So it starts 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., and we're having a new guest on Friday. And we're just we, the show is really blessing me. And uh, as, as we're all just stay, stay blessed and stay friends and I, I God bless you so much and love you. Thank you, people. Bye-bye.